Right, uh, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and welcome, people, to episode 164 of Doing the Monkey. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and I am joined by a, a sun-loving... Not nice. Like <laughs> Ian Loring. I melted yesterday. Did you actually melted? Yeah. I, like, it was... It, it's a lot better today. Tomorrow, it's supposed to be about the same as it was yesterday, and then cooler the last two days. Yesterday, it was at one point about 34 degrees, Ooh. and uh, not not my happy place. Not my happy place. The wind, like the wind now, I'm, I'm, I'm sat out at the, the back of my mum's apartment, and it's a very, very nice, cool wind. The wind yesterday was literally like a hairdryer. <laughs> oh, oh, 34 is warm. It, brutal. Brutal is 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 the word. I like it was it was hard. We went to a water park, which was great, and that was nice and cool. But as soon as we got back, it was just brutal, like all night. Ooh. It was bad. But yeah, today's actually been okay. I like yeah. Um, I'm I'm not a sun man in the like. I'm sat out here now. I think it's about 27 or 28, and it's kind of, it's kind of all right, you know. So uh, I'm drinking a 75% Amstel Extra. Oh, nice, very nice. Uh, and it, well, this week is. I was just going to say, in Spain, life isn't cheap, but beer is. So there <laughs> is that. Yeah. So forgive me. Continue. Uh, well, we have this week, uh, we are bringing you a review of the new Melissa McCarthy movie, uh, The Boss. Uh, it seems to be that uh, because of the football, uh, UK cinema releases seem to be The Boss and not all what else. Um, uh-huh. We also have uh, quite a bit of what we what we watched because uh, we only covered last week just the, the Shane Black uh, films that we watched. So I know I've got a few uh, what we've been watch- what I've been watching, uh, and I think Ian's got a few as well. Uh, we'll chat some trailers, uh-huh. and there might be some questions, but I only asked for them literally ten minutes ago, so maybe not. Um, uh, other than that, there'll be the usual tangents, etc. Um, and what have you? Uh, so Ian. Uh, has there anything kind of happened this week that, that we should chat about before we go into trailers? Well, I, I, I've been watching a lot of the E3 game show. It is somewhat related. Um, Microsoft announced a new version of the Xbox One yesterday. There's going to be another new version next year, but a new version of the console, which will include an Ultra Yeah. The entry level model is two hundred and fifty quid. That's that's two hundred and fifty quid for a four K Blu Ray player. When a few months ago I, I I traded it back in. A few months ago I paid five hundred and fifty for one. Yeah, it it that, that is an insanely good price. Yeah, so two because the thing is my. Microsoft have been quite cheeky about it. They're saying there's a two terabyte version that's 350 quid that comes out in August. But they, they, they've confirmed there's going to be a 500 gig one. Zavi have it for pre-order at 249.99, hmm. but they don't have a confirmed release date for that one yet. So it seems like the two terabyte might be the one for the first couple of months or something. And then they'll phase in a, a 500 gigabyte and a one terabyte. But 250 quid for an ultra HD player and you get it. One from him essentially. That's not too shabby. Yeah, it's quite good. That 
it, it is to kind of, it is essentially, it does seem a little bit like they're going, look, we want to jump on this fucking train very quickly and market it more as, look, it's an ultra HD player that happens to be an Xbox one. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because we like, Microsoft were very much designed in a few years back when they launched the Xbox One. For, um, you know, like basically gained for almost like a second thought. So now they've gone very, very hard back on games. Now their conference yesterday was good because Sony one was better. Um, but this is interesting because Sony have an upgraded PlayStation 4 coming out, which will include a 4K Blu-ray player as well. That thing is not going to be 250 quid because that's also got improved specs. So, it, you know, if you're, if you're in the market for a UHD player, you know, and you, you like your gaming as well, which one would you go for? You know, if you film and games at the moment, but in, in, in terms of cost efficiency, the Xbox One's kind of going to be slamming it. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. You know, I mean, it's just 250 quid for a UHD player. I mean, like, the... the, the, the the people behind uh, 4K Blu-ray must be thrilled, you know, because now they will sell discs. Well, that's it. Yeah, it, it's it's about it's about that kind of movement of discs and actually getting the, the actual thing off the ground. Because there's no point in, in having discs and trying to promote it and try to advertise it if if nobody, quite simply, has a player. Exactly, and and now I. I I, I I don't know. I have a bit of a decision about whether I go for that or if I upgrade to the new PlayStation 4 because I'm interested in PSVR as well. And apparently the word is the VR on a bog standard PlayStation 4 is not great. And it kind of like it, it, the new PlayStation 4 would make things appreciably better. So it's a bit, oh, Christ, what do you do there? Um, I want to play the Star Trek game. I want to be in engineering with Mike and Paul from Shinstroker versus Panzer <laughs> as captain and commander. <laughs> I, 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 I want that very, very badly. And we've already said, if we all did get it, we're going to do it. And I would adore live streaming that. <laughs> that would be, yes. Yeah. I'd adore watching that. <laughs> so yeah, I, I like, I, I just, I like, I kind of need it to be honest. And they've also said that Resident Evil 7 is going to be fully playable in VR, which sounds bloody terrifying. And um, I'd, I'd quite like to live stream some of me just screaming. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, but yeah, so I, I, I don't know. That was interesting. But for those who are looking to get on the UHD bandwagon, like, yeah, the 350 quid one is the one that's being heavily thrown at you at the moment. But there is a 500 gig one and it's £100 less. 250 quid for a UHD player. I, I, I didn't think that was going to happen for a while. Yeah, it did seem like that was going to be it. a year across the card. That was the thing that kind of pricked the ears a little bit with um, with what I've heard from E3. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know, man. I've just been like, yesterday I was just sweaty and I was just sat watching li- like live streams on, on the MacBook and being sweaty. <laughs> Cool. It was a great time. <laughs> what an age in which we live in. Sounds like a blast. What an age. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Ian, did you catch any uh, trailers um, in that? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I, I have seen a few. Um, Collide, um, which is the new one from the guy who did uh, Shifty and Welcome to the Punch, if I remember correctly. Um 
quite like Welcome to the Punch. Um, this looks kind of brutal, to be honest. Um, Nicholas Holt and uh, Felicity Jones, that's interesting, like with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. Um, but it looks terrible. It's like Felicity Jones needs a kidney transplant, so Nicholas Holt returns to his former life of crime. Nicholas Holt right? has had a former life of crime. Yeah, no, that, that's that's a very, very fair point, actually. I, I, Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, it, it's Ben Kingsley doing an accent, and Anthony Hopkins probably turning up for a few days and just pocketing and, 50 grand or something. And, you and know. looking at things sideways. Tilting his head at abnormal amount sideways and going, think at things. Yeah, 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 no, exactly. Even though Erin Creevy, if it's the same project I think it is, he was talking this up when Welcome to the Punch came out, and that was a while back now. Um, and um, it, I think it was previously called Autobahn. Um, so he, he has kind of been on it for a while. So he's obviously got something to say. The trailer doesn't make it out like that. It's, the trailer's better than that bloody... Um, what was that Emma Roberts and Dave Franco one we were talking about a few weeks ago? Oh, um... It was one word, and I can't remember what the word was, but it looks... It looks better... I don't know. It looks better than that, but Nerve. to be honest... Sorry? Nerve, it's called. Nerve. Yeah. But to be honest, I would probably watch the Dave Franco and Emma Roberts one because it looks like it's going to be trashily entertaining. Yes. Collide looks like it might be taking itself quite seriously. Yeah. The, the best thing I can remember at Work at the Punch is... Um, Amazon listed it at the wrong price and listed it uh, when it first came out, when it first went on uh, for pre-order at one ninety nine, And I ordered Oh, nice. Thoroughly expecting them to cancel the order, and they didn't. <laughs> oh, did they honour it? Wow. Usually, when anything like that happens, they, they cancel the order straight away. Yeah, yeah. And I never expected to get it. And I got it, like, three days before it was, you know, released. I got it on the Friday, I paid one ninety nine. So they they did that with um, Silent Running, the, the Masters of Cinema Blu-ray yes. back in the day as well, and it, like but and like that was all over film Twitter for a bit, and I ordered that, and they cancelled that like sharpish. Mm. Yeah, most of the um, time they do. I mean, yeah, Amazon are usually yeah they're pretty stingy with that stuff. Yeah, I mean the thing is, a lot of people seem to have uh, a lot of people ordered it. Go from uh, one of those apps that you used to be able to get that tell you when things come out. Loads of people ordered it, and only a couple yeah. of people actually ever got it. But it seemed like what happened was anybody who ordered more than one didn't get it. But if you ordered, just I didn't one, get it. I ordered one. They they they, they ordered it. Uh, but yeah, what, for welcome to the punch. Punch, yeah. Oh, right. Cause, yeah, because a load of people I remember looking at like site and Twitter and stuff like that and saying, "Oh, mine's been cancelled," and everything came. Well, man, I'm going to keep fucking quiet. Um, and it was like, how many did you order? Just oh, like four. And it's like, well, you know. <laughs> You got you got greedy. Hmm. I, it's a slight tangent. Amstel Extra seven point five percent does not taste it. Does it not? It's deceptive. It, it, it tastes. It, it, it kind of tastes like a good five percent premium. You know, don't get me wrong, but it doesn't taste like punk IPA or anything. It's um, yeah, it, it doesn't taste like it would be a session beer, but it, it's deceptive. I can't remember what. Anyway. I was in uh, as the day. I wanted to get some some beers to have uh, on. I think it was Saturday night, um, and I picked up some of the um, the punk IPA cans. Mm. It was a uh, a four pack, and I was supposed to put my troy. I looked down and was like, 
Six ninety-five. Oh wow, really? Four pack. So I put it back uh, and picked up something else, and that was I can't which one it was. It was one in a pink can, and that was nine ninety-five for a four pack. So and I looked, and it was and thought. These are, you're taking the piss now. Uh, I just ended up with some Sam Adams in the end. I mean, like, I, I don't know, like, the, a brew dog. I usually, sometimes Tesco do, do the four packs of those cans for a fiver. Mm. Otherwise, I just, um, like, my local Sainsbury's does the 660ml bottle, so two oh, yeah. cans for, for 250s, and then it's a fiver for a four pack, essentially. Yeah. I think that's fine. Yeah. I think anything above that, I, I have a I have a massive penchant for punk IPA. I really, really, really like it. And just the fact that it properly smells like what it says on the can, like grapefruit. Like I, I really like the smell of punk IPA. Don't get that confused with anything else that's similarly worded. <laughs> I but yeah. I, I and I, it, it's delicious. I like the fact as well that Amstel Extra. It says at the top, I, I'm not. I, I don't speak Spanish, but it says cerveza lager con extra de character. It's basically saying, look, it's lager, but it's got character. <laughs> that's that, that's the, yeah, that'll do. You know, that's that's fine. Um, and yep. I think it was like seventy cents for a can, which is amazing. I like God. The, the, the beer over here is so cheap. I got a twelve bottle pack of San Miguel for like. Four euros forty nine cents, or something like that. It, it, it's just it's what. That's insane. What? Isn't it? Like there are there are cans of lager that my mum gets in, bless her. They're like twenty nine cents each. Like you you could easily. I like I I would not be able to retire if I retired out to Spain. I'd probably be dead in a year. <laughs> Either through sunstroke or through drinking, one or the other. A combination of the two. Probably a combination of the two. Yeah, from falling asleep while while it, it, inebriated. Oh mate, it would be it would be horrific. It would be horrific. I, I'd never retire out to Spain because it's hot, <laughs> and I don't know how my mum does it, but you know, hey. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, trailers. Um, oh, the greasy strangler. What the hell? Um, that's a trailer. I haven't seen that. That is a trailer. I, I WhatsApped it the other you day. You did, and guys. I meant to watch it, and I just completely forgot. Do me a favour, watch it now. All right. Give me two seconds. While Mark's doing this, I'm going to try and read the side of a can. Cont 33CL, Alk 7... It says 7,5% volume. I'm pretty sure it's not like 7,500% volume, though. I think it's okay. Cerveza Extra, Contien Malta de Cibada, Distribuida por Heineken España, S.A. Avda de Andalucia 1, Sevilla, Consumer Preferentemente Antes del Base de Lata. Disfruta Amstel con responsabilidad. Um, what's on the San Miguel bottle? Cerveza Internazionale. Exploring the world since 1890. It's nice to actually put it in English. The rest of it's not, though. Cerveza Internacional. Internacional. 
desde 1890 estamos explorando juntos el mundo compartiendo historias al, alrededor de una San, San Miguel. Cerveza especial contiene molta de cebada. Consuma preferentemente, preferentemente antes del ver etiqueta. San Miguel fabricas de cervezas SL. C slash Urgel 240-08036 Barcelona, España, Spain. Yep. <laughs> I just watched that. That's something, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's a little bit like, why? Don't understand why. <laughs> it's. I'm, I'm going to watch it. I'm, I'm going to watch it, obviously, but. But. It, no fibre of my being says that it's going to be good. Well, no. No. I, uh, but I, I don't know. Between, I want to double bill this with Swiss Army, man. <laughs> <laughs> An ultimate flatulence episode. <laughs> what is it? Yeah, totally. Like, I, I just, uh, but also a kind of like, plays festivals, but how? Double bill. Yeah. You know, I, um, yeah, kind of all over it. But, yeah, that that's that's an interesting trailer. It's very not safe for work. Very not safe for work, yeah. Very, very, very not safe for work. Um, and uh, lastly, I watched the uh, trailer for Moana, the, well, the teaser, the new uh, Disney film starring The Rock, uh, which looks interesting. The animation style kind of seems to be the... Um, uh, almost like Hercules, um, the, the James Woods voiced one, and, yeah. and Tate Donovan, I believe, um, as Hercules, um, but in, in kind of 3D. It very much reminded me of Hercules anyway, um, and I, I'm going to watch it. it. It looks very nice. Um, it's got songs by that person who did that Hamilton thing, who's doing the songs for the Mary Poppins sequel. Oh. I, I I still, I'm still don't really know what Hamilton is. I'm, I'm, lo- I'm, I'm looking forward to never properly finding out. I'm going to go out of my way to never find out what Hamilton actually is, other than that it's a musical. It's become a thing now, isn't it, for you? It's become a challenge. It, not it's just, it's, it it's like people are going mental over it and listening to like the soundtrack and stuff. And apparently it's playing London and people are retweeting it on my feed like no one's business. It's just like, no. No, I'm I'm just being a grumpy old man about it. It's like it's why I've stopped watching Game of Thrones. It's like, I just can't be bothered anymore. You just go on Twitter on Monday morning and everybody's bloody talking about it anyway. <laughs> What's the point? What is the point? I, I, I yeah, you could social media blackout it, but I, why should I have to? Well, that's so I just that's I don't, it. and I and I don't care. I don't care who wins the Game of Thrones. I'm assuming it is like somebody is actually going to win it at some point. Oh, who knows? I don't care. Let Dragon Lady win it. Let Dragon. Let, it's fine. Dragon Lady wins it. Done. Yeah, people keep saying to me, "Oh, I, I, that's the new one. It's, it's the new. Oh, it's the new Breaking Man, isn't it? You know? Oh, have you watched Game of Thrones? No. Why? I just. I don't wanna. Yeah, I. I Why? It, it's properly curmudgeonly. And if you looked at it objectively, like this and the Hamilton thing, it, it's like there, there's no real reason. It's just but somebody was saying to me the other day, "You gotta be you." Yeah, somebody was saying to me the other day uh, about who it was. It's somebody, you know, when you, when you got a friend of a friend and you, you're you're out having a couple of drinks and they're chatting to you, 
and they were saying, oh, um, where you want some Game of Thrones? And I was like, like, episode three of season one. <laughs> like, oh, you've got a lot of catching up to do. It's like, if my episode three of season one, I'm not fucking catching up. I, I don't watch yeah. that. I'm like, oh, what do you think to, to, to Daredevil? I didn't, I didn't watch it. And they just kept listing all of these shows. I was like, I, I, yeah. I don't watch that. I, 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 I don't watch that. Like, I thought you were really into TV. I was like, not. No. Really. No. I, it, even though, I will say, and I think it's only like nine or ten episodes long, I watched the first episode of American Crime Story last week. Mm. Uh, that thing kind of just has guilty pleasure, but there is also a point to it all over it. David David Schwimmer is Kim Kardashian's dad. Yeah. I mean, Cuba Gooding Jr. is O.J. Simpson, and Travolta is his lawyer. And Travolta's a producer on it as well, but my God, his face. <laughs> uh, it's, it, it's remarkable, but I, I really, really liked the first episode, and I'm in all the way. Um, Fair play, man. You know, and it's only 10 episodes. That's the thing. If there's something that's only 10 episodes and I know, okay, they might do another American crime story. It might be another story, whatever. If it's a mini series and it's not going to continue on, I'm way more likely to watch it. You know, like I watched the first episode of Preacher a couple of weeks back, really enjoyed it already. Like I'm already kind of getting behind on it. It's like, oh, can I, can I be asked? That, that's it. I, I already know that I'm like three episodes behind and I'm already going, well, that, I'm probably not going to watch it then. <laughs> yeah you know and it, i mean I, I don't know it, it's just it's, it's i don't know it's the way my brain's wired you know? but it's really really hard for me to actually it's weird i like i like being zeitgeisty with things when like it, it's games and films and stuff but tv i'm just like i'll just you know just tell me at the end if it's any good and then it's like well there's, there's about 60 hours of it. Oh, i can't be asked to watch that yeah so that's a lot that's yeah like it, films yeah, yeah, straight up. Or, I mean, like, if, if you're looking at it another way, like a good few games even, you know, and I mean, like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to balance my time between films and games as it is at the moment. You shove in TV shows, and it's like, well, you know, do I just stop looking after Lottie? <laughs> is that the... No, I'm, it, I'm joking. I look at it and go, that, that, did you have any terrible movies I could watch you up while, while I'm doing that? <laughs> um, the thing is, with, with you, with your... I've seen every single film that Miley Cyrus has ever made. I think there's scope. <laughs> Wait till you hear what I've watched this week, then. Oh, God. Because <laughs> I watched some anyway. this week. Uh, trailers. Okay, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to it, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm done with trailers. I'm, I'm very much enjoying this already. I, I, I think this is going to be a fun, ranty show. Um, go, go, go. Uh, trailers. Uh, Maurice from America. Um, Craig Robinson moves to Germany with his kid called Morris. Um who wants to be a rapper, and they live in Germany. Right, my eyes just widened. Coming of age. Craig Robinson yeah. in, in a film where he moves to Germany and his kid wants to be a rapper, but they're in Germany. Yep. Yeah. Where do I sign? That's Exactly, that's it. It's called, it is called Morris from America. It's like a coming of age kind of comedy, dramery, but not that dramery kind of thing. Uh, oh, God. Where... Uh, where um, at one point, the trailer, Craig Robinson says that you know that he's looking forward to his son uh, winning like a sauce award, and his son starts chewing him out for saying for saying that he what? You don't think I can ever win a Grammy? And he's like, well, maybe not. No. <laughs> oh, I want it. I want it. 
Yeah. I never even heard of it and I want it. That sounds um, great. Pete's Dragon. The first trailer for that. Oh, there was a new. Oh, there was a. There's a new. Uh, I, I'd seen a, a trailer a while back for that, but there's a new one. It's a there? proper trailer, yeah. Um, oh, okay, yeah. For it, um, yeah. Totally on board with that. Uh, I will happily, in the middle of August, go and watch that um, on, a, on a Sunday morning, and, and hopefully have a great time with it. Oh, it's um, it's uh, uh, David Lowry, isn't it? He did the um. Oh God, the Casey Affleck Rooney Mara. Yes. Oh, God. Uh, oh. What is it called? I have seen it, and I don't remember what it's called. Ain't Body Saints. Ain't Body Saints. Yeah. Which was solid. Yeah, it was solid. That film. Great. Solid. It, it, was, it was solid, yeah. That's exactly what it was. Uh, but, yeah, this, it, looks, it looks really good. You've got, um, essentially, like, Brace Dallas Howard... Um, sort of finding this kid um, and then, you know, trying to work out, you know, you've got her and Robert Redford trying to work out how this kid survived and then the kid comes out and says, this is how I survived and it's because he's got a fucking dragon and then you've yeah. got Carl Urban saying, that thing's dangerous, we need to destroy it. Yeah, all for that. Yeah, I'll do. Yeah. Excuse me. Bless you. It does look like it's going to be a solid, um, solid kind of like, you know, Sunday afternoon movie. I think I'm pretty sure it's out my birthday weekend. I think that might be my, I think that might be my birthday movie. I think you're going to watch the trailer and go, yep, I'm thoroughly on board with that. Um, yeah, yeah. And the other one that I watched is the first trailer for 31, uh, the new Rob Zombie uh, film. Which looks... Oh, like, this just this came out today, didn't it? Yeah, it looks like a trailer for a Rob Zombie movie. Yeah. So okay. it, 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 it's, it's very much yeah. if you like Rob Zombie movies, you'll probably like it. If you don't already, you, do you know what? You don't need to watch it. You don't need to comment well, uh, because you don't like it. <laughs> I, I don't know because I'm a mixed bag with him though. Because like the Lords of Salem, I I, I thought was it's pretty all right actually. It, it looks more. It looks like Lords of Salem mixed yes. with. Um, his first one, which I can't remember now, what it's called. Uh, House of Corpses. House of Corpses, yeah. It looks like a mixture of that yeah. and that, but turned up a little bit. Yeah. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. You can turn that up? Yes. He's going to turn okay. it up. Yeah, it does look okay. like that. Uh, it, it's, I mean, the, the story, it looks like what you've got is a bunch of people get kidnapped put into a, a big house and are told that they've got 24 hours, sorry, 31 hours, I think it is, to play a game and the only rule is that they've got to survive it. And that's it. And there's all what? fucked up people doing fucked up things to them. There's going to be a lot of gore in it, some fucking cool imagery, and there'll be a lot of bits where you go, oh, oh come on, Rob. <laughs> Right, okay. And that's it. But yeah, do you know what? I like his stuff. I'm I'm on board. Okay, alright. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm suitably interested. I'm pretty sure I contributed to this as well. Like Kickstarter, like? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I did. Oh, actually, um, this just reminded me as well. I just wanted to um, say, um, just in case anybody who followed Nerdly... Um, uh, listens. Um, it was announced this week that um, 
a site that I, I, I wrote for every now and then. Um, I don't write much these days, to be honest, but um, every now and then I contribute pieces for Nerdly. And um, um, they, they had to shut down this week. Uh, the, 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 the site founder, um, Phil Wheat, who previously was in charge of Blogomatic 3000, um, basically had his uh, Google AdSense funding pulled um, due to um, Google not liking some of the material on the site. But according to Phil also asking for entire posts to be removed. Um, And the offending thing that kicked it off was from an article from two years ago, which which Google seems to be perfectly happy to have for two years. So I don't know whether it's that somebody had actually reported it or whatnot. But, um, yeah, entire Google AdSense funding pool. He tried to fight it, and um, they they basically said, all right, well, you're going to have to remove these posts as well. Um, I haven't actually seen what the image was. I know the, uh, the, the post was about, um, a release of a guinea pig film, if I remember correctly. Um, uh, so the imagery was probably in pretty bad taste, but at the same time, two years ago, it's a site called Nerdly, you know, maybe if Google just enables their safe search and would like, doesn't have the image included, then fair enough. Yeah, you know, maybe negotiate to like maybe rename the image or take some of the tags off it or something. I don't know. I don't know how it works, but just seem a little bit finicky. Yeah, and so I mean, it, it you know, it was a site that did pay its writers, uh, which in um, this landscape is a hell of a thing. Mm. Um, and I, I, to be honest, the I, I, I didn't really do it. I didn't really do it for the pay. I mean, I, if, if I'm speaking frankly, and I hope Phil doesn't mind me saying this, the amount that I wrote for the site meant that I got paid bugger all anyway. Um, and, and that's not a criticism of Phil's no, it's a- pay, payments. It's just that I didn't contribute a lot. Um, so it wasn't for that, but, um, he, he's a, he's a good dude is Phil. He's, Phil, yeah, we've, yeah, we've, it, it, you know, I've, I've met him a few times, and he's a, he's a really nice guy. Yeah, yeah, super passionate, you know, and I feel really bad because the, the last time he asked me if I could review something was the only time I've ever had to tell him, I'm sorry, but I'm too busy. And, it, it you know, and it was the last one I would have written for the site. And, I you know, I, 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 I know it's completely coincidental, but I do feel really bad about that. Um but I, I was too busy. Um, but yeah, I, I do feel bad about it. But nerdly, it was it was a it was a good site, and it covered loads of different things. And um, yeah, so I now only write for one site. So Mark, what's what's going on with our website? I will get my finger out and get it started. Okay, all right. I will get my finger out and get it started. Cool. To be to be fair, I only ever ask Mark about it on the show where it's recorded anyway, so I'm a bit of a prick like that. But um... <laughs> no, I, I will I will get my finger out and get it get it sorted. Uh, I will I will make a commitment to get it sorted by the end of this month. Partially because I know I have some time free this month. <laughs> Boom. Okay, here we go then. That's yeah. good. Uh, That's so yes. Good. So right, moving on. Um, our main review this week is of Melissa McCarthy's The Boss. Uh, it is directed by her hubby, uh, Ben Falcone. Um, and it all stars Kirsten Bell, uh, Peter Dinklage, uh, Taylor Labine, Kathy Bates, uh, and a whole load of people where you go, hey, it's, it's that, that guy from, from Thing. Um, 
So, yeah, um, Miss McCarthy plays uh, Michelle Darnell. Uh, she is a self-made billionaire, uh, and at different points within the movie, uh, opening of the movie, is either the fifth, third, or the richest woman in America. Um, <laughs> she, it would appear, is is doing a a deal that kind of uh, steps on uh, Peter Dinklage, who used to be her partner, both in business and in uh, romance, uh, who is called Renault. Uh, that um, that kind of cuts him out of something, um, but she's used insider knowledge on it, so he shops her for insider trading, and she loses all of her money. Which she just freely admits as well, yes. which is amazing. Yep. Um, and she freely admits it for the simple fact is that, that, that they all fucking do it, and nobody ever shops anybody, but she gets shocked because nobody likes her. Um <laughs> When she comes out, her assistant, played by Kristen Bell, who she was pretty shitty to, uh, is the only person, is the person who's kind of like the holder of her estate. Um, so she goes to live with her and decides through her daughter that she's going to rebuild her empire uh, via um, brownie money. Uh, Ian, the boss, what did you think? Quite liked it. Um, the moralising at the end... I was a little bit disappointed by, I, 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 I don't know. She's a lot, I mean, she's a lot more, uh, acerbic and whatnot towards the start than she is towards the end. Um, but I had a good time with it. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see Melissa McCarthy in the Ghostbusters film, because she's probably only going to be allowed one F bomb if she gets the F bomb. And the thing is, I am a man of very, very, very simplistic comedic taste, as has been well evidenced by this podcast. Um, so I kind of only need Melissa McCarthy um, chewing out children for me to think it's a bit of a win. Um, so I would say it's definitely not shit, but. I think that should be taken with a, a, not just a grain of salt, but an entire salt mine. <laughs> um, like for, for instance, I know Noel will hate this. I know he will. Um, and fair enough. But I, I, I thought it was actually pretty pacey. Um, I thought the supporting characters all did absolutely fine. Um, it had a lot of simple laughs in it, and I had I was in holiday mode when I watched it, and I had a perfectly agreeable time with it. I'd watch it again. There you go. It's it's a lot better than Tammy. I, I liked Tammy, okay, but it's a lot better than Tammy. Well, I haven't seen Tommy, but I did see Identity Thief, uh, and it's a lot better than Identity Thief as well. Uh, did Falcone also direct that? I don't think he did. No, I think I think because uh, I know he did Tammy, which is why I kind of bring it up. In, he, he, in he did Tammy. Relation. I think Tammy was actually his first directorial film. If yeah, okay, that makes sense. Not mistaken. And I do like the fact that Falcone's like two roles in his directed films with a. Uh, he plays people who don't like her. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I do find that funny. Yeah. And, you know, he was the, he was the air marshal in Bridesmaids as well. And, you know, obviously there was some complications there, even though mainly with Chris and Wig. I, so yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, he, he hasn't got an eye in the slightest, you know, I mean, it's, uh, there was, there was one moment where I noticed, um, 
there was a scene in Kristen Bell's apartment where the camera kind of swung round. I was like, okay, why did you suddenly start moving the camera like right towards the end of the film? That's interesting because it's so TV directing. And I think it was the part, sorry, slight tangent. No. I'm going to stop in a second, but De Palma did an interview last week where he was talking about how television isn't cinematic. Yeah. And it and like, it, I kind of feel like it's spreading over into cinema, like a televisual look. And this very much has that. And yes. It, yeah. Yeah. It, it, anyway, I liked it. It is. Yeah. I, I was the same actually. I, I, I enjoyed it. It's, it is very simple laughs. Uh, it is, but it is incredibly pacey uh, to itself. It gets a little befuddled in itself towards the end, I think, where it, it it goes it goes a lot bigger than it's gone very quickly. Um, and uh, I'll be honest that Peter Dinklage uh, started to really rub me up the wrong way in the fact that I was watching going. There's now a few things I've seen you in uh, comedy wise, and I, I just don't think you're that funny. Um, within it but McCarthy when she gets on a little run of jokes uh, it's fantastic she's a great comedian Mm. Um, and even though there are a couple of fat woman fall down jokes within this they they actually kind of make sense within the actual plot of the movie they're not just like here's Kevin James we're going to make him fall over literally every 15 minutes she is not the female Kevin James she is and I I, I think she's tarred with that brush a lot and she's not. She's an awful lot. She's an awful lot smarter, but she also knows how to appeal to the flyover states, and that's. I, I think that's fine and good on her. You know, she she has the prat falling, but I, she's got she's got a wicked insult mouth. Yeah. But it, it, I don't know. It feels like there's an intelligence there as well, which I don't think she gets an awful lot of credit for. And I think it is because she's a large woman. So yeah. people just automatically assume it's fat women fall down. But I, I no, I have a lot of time for, for Melissa McCarthy, an awful lot of time. Yeah, I think also, well, I think the fact is, you know, Spy was one, uh, a key one. There's oh, Spy's brilliant. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Spy is, is brilliant. Uh, and I was very much, didn't want, didn't think Spy was going to be very good. And um, part of it was because I watched the trailers and the trailers were, were literally every fat woman fall down. down. Yeah. Joke. But then when you get into it, then they're not even jokes. They're just things that happen, and the joke follows it. Um, in this, you know, there are a couple of jokes, but they do kind of make sense. They do kind of follow it up with, this is the reason. But the fact that she does just have an incredibly foul mouth in this, where, for instance, when they say about how much the, it earns the, the brownie, what is it? Uh, and she goes, holy fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and everyone just turns around and looks at her, and it is just... There's some great kind of moments. It is, it very much is like like like. There's another movie happening here, and they've dropped her in it, and, and she's made it her own movie within it, and, and has kind of sullied it. Which is the whole idea of, of the movie is the fact that she's taken uh, this kind of very on the, on the face, very kind of like you know that they they go and they sell it these things, but where's the money going? Oh, it's going back into it. But is it really? And then she goes in and goes, look. I'm going to freely admit that I'm going to take a shitload of profit, but I'm also going to give it back to the fucking kids as well. Mm. And it, it does kind of make sense. And she is, you know, she's a character that's fighting the fact that she, she she's very well aware that she's a terrible person. And, and I mean, also the fact that, you know, it, it's 
the, 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 the dandelions or whatever they're called. The fact that you know they're, they're making they're raising all these this money for such great causes. And it's like, well, what? And it's like, well, there's a canoe trip or something, you know. And, and whereas she's like, yeah, like you say, I'm going to take a lot of money, but at the same time, I'm also, you know, it's women being independent. We're gonna like basically pay for your pay for your college. Yeah, you know. It, one of my favorite moments is when they're doing that speech, and she goes five percent. Uh, we're gonna put five percent of the earn at the college thing. Because my goes, uh, I thought we said ten. And she's like, you're right, terrible ten. At you, are, you are terrible at this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Claire. And like, there's no. She doesn't say it like whisper it in her ear. She just says it out loud so yeah. everybody can hear. But but then because. So it's got things like that, which, you know, are acknowledging of empowerment, at least. Yeah. And, you know, and it's a mainly female cast and the male cast are basically all idiots. (laughs) And and yet, because it's a Melissa McCarthy film with the stigma of fat woman fall down, it's not actually it's not acknowledged and it's doing it in a mainstream space you know because for for all the 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 good in the world that the the more art house films try and aspire to do most of them don't break through to the mainstream And, and and i think there's, there's a, I mean, God, there's a classism in, in inherent in film criticism, which is insane. And I, I, I think Mr. McCarthy is, is a victim of it. And there's not a lot of that stuff in the boss. And there's a lot of lower brow humor. I'll freely admit that. But the fact that it, you know, the plot basically is a bunch of women doing something for themselves to better themselves and to empower themselves. And you've got, Melissa McCarthy is the crazy core of it. it I, it's, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's not being acknowledged. And I, not, I feel bad for her. And it is well. I mean, in, and if you go back and you look um, post Bridesmaids uh, from Melissa McCarthy, so you've got identity within that, um, where she's sharing top billing uh, with Jason Bateman, right? Um, mm. And that, that, that made a lot of money. 35 million budget, 174 million, right? And then you've got The Heat, right? Which, which is great. Which she, her and Sandra Bullock are the, the stars of. And they are the top billing stars. And yeah. yeah, it's great. 43 million budget, 230 million. Right? Yeah. Tammy, a film that you said you enjoyed, but this was better than, right? And oh, yeah, yeah. His top billing on it. She's the yeah. star. She's the only head name over the top of the thing. 20 million budget, grossed $100 million, Right? 20 million budget grossed $100 million for a female-led um, comedy. And that, yeah. that was widely released over here. Mm-hmm. Spy, you know, she's top billing. No getting away from it, she's top billing. Yes, yeah. she was and help out, but she's top billing. No, absolutely. 65 million, 235 million draw, right? And, and, and Rose Byrne's the MVP of that film as well, you know. it's yeah. So... The boss, right? Yeah. Still, still playing, you know, and her worst reviewed movie, worst reviewed movie, I think you could add, right? For that, 30 million budget, still going to gross close to 90 million probably, which is profitable. And then some. And like you say, it, it is not being acknowledged that she essentially is one of, it is with The Rock as 
modern cinema is one of their most bankable stars. And, and yeah. she's going to be in the Ghostbusters movie, which I don't care if people don't like it or don't want to see it. It's going to make a fuck ton of money. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I, she's, you know, and she's doing all this and yet, and, and like I say, doing it in a mainstream space and yet no one ever really seems to talk about her in, in, in that way. I, it just, you know, she, there, 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 I don't know. There's, there, there is, there, there is a classism invo- involved in it. And it, it, I don't know. Thing. She's doing now what Sandler did 10 years ago. And that's not a criticism because let's be honest, Sandler did this 10 years ago and made some, you know, 15 years ago, maybe made some entertaining movies, but was bankable without anybody noticing. And then all of a sudden it was, it was, he was demanding 20 million a movie. Miss McCarthy could walk into a thing if she wanted to and go, do you know what? My next movie that I want to make, what is it? I want 20 million. And they'd go, there's no way we're giving you, hang on a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We give her 20 million. That's something like probably 15 million more than she's on now. We're still going to make money. The thing is, I, 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 I think she keeps it smart, though. I mean, we're, we're slightly tangenting from the boss. To be fair, there's not an awful lot to talk about with the boss. Yeah, there's, but, there's not that much. But, I, I, you know, in, in the end of the day, I mean, like Tammy, it costs, what you say, 20 million? 20 million, yeah. Right, okay. She could easily ask for 20 million for a film, but because she, like, wrote it, produced it her husband directed it and whatnot she's basically said well i'll just take back you know and, and like i mean to be fair spy and she probably like took a good decent but back end i mean spy was like was 60 million was it yeah 40 million 40 million 45 i think 45 million you know yeah you know, she's she's smart about it as well and she's like look if i actually if i don't just turn up and star in it which I think Sandler is basically doing at the moment. Uh, you know, if she's like, I'm going to get involved. I've actually got something to say here. You know, I, I, you know, I want to make female-driven cinema that does well. You know, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll take less of a chunk at the front, and if it doesn't work out, fair enough. If it does, cool, I'll have some extra money. Yeah. You know, and and, and I mean, like, if if, if the boss costs twenty. 20 million and grosses 100 million she's gonna like if she's got some back-end participation she's gonna do well and like she's a very 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 smart woman and yeah, and she's she's she also backs it up by being actually not just an entertaining comedy presence she's actually a good actress mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think there's no getting away from that i will guarantee you that at some point in the next 15 years melissa mccarthy will win a best supporting actress academy award yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. I mean, she's already been nominated the once, hasn't she? And she, she just, she needs one of those impact ones. As soon as she does comedy drama where she gets like a five minute bit, yeah, boom, Oscar. Where, yeah, where where, the, where it, it 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 it's it's more towards the the um the drama than it is the comedy. There's less gross out within it. Yeah. Oh no, no, totally. I mean, just if she turns up for a couple of scenes. Mm. You know. By the way, I'm I'm now drinking San Miguel lemon. I'm 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 keeping it on the down low a bit more. It's quite nice. <laughs> Is it all right? Three point two. So you know, it's not quite as watered down as a Foster's Rattler. <laughs> um, it's yeah, no, no, it's all right. I'm just you know, 
I've just had a 7.5 and a 5.4. San Miguel's 5.4 over here. It is. It's lovely in Spain, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. Um, it, tastes, so, it tastes like piss water over here. So. Yeah, no, that's... That's the thing. It doesn't taste. Yeah, it doesn't taste great in England, does it? No, it is. But yeah. Anyway. Um. But yeah, the boss. It's yeah. It's definitely not shit. There's not that much to say about it because, literally, watch the trailer. That's the movie. But it's fun. Yep. Totally. Yes. So Ian, uh, go on then. Throw some what you've been watching at us. Okie dokie. Um. So. In preparation for the, t- the the turtle sequel, which I didn't see because I went out drinking instead. Um, I watched um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze, and the one from a couple years back. Oh, the TMN... No, the, the... What is it one? The... The, the, the actual, like, the live-action CG one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that one I, I, I quite enjoy. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going back to bloody Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and, and Secret of the Ooze, they were they, they were films that I watched quite a lot when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, quite a lot. I was Turtles was my thing. Um, hang on a second. Hang on a second. Mum, would it be fair to say Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was my thing when I was younger? Yeah, that and Power Rangers. No, not Power Rangers. Yes. Oh, my God. All right. And that's the end of that. Uh, Yeah, no, there was a a kids TV program I used to watch like half five in the morning on Channel 4 called Ulysses. And it was like a sci-fi like remake of the Odyssey or something. It was mental. And I never watched the last episode. And that's probably going to haunt me to my bloody dying day. Well, they're on YouTube, I think. Are they really? Uh, it is. Ian, you used to watch a French-Japanese TV show called Ulysses. This loved it. Fantastic. I loved it. Japanese animation TV series that updates the Greek mythology of uh, of the Odyssey, known as Ulysses in Latin, to the, 20, to the 31st century. The show comprised of 26 half-hour episodes are produced by uh, DIC Audio Visual in conjunction with anime studio Tokyo Movie Shinasi. There were only 26, and I never watched the last one. Nope. Wow. This looks good. I literally might have to watch that tonight. I think you might have to. I, I, think, yeah, I think it says it's on, it's on YouTube. Bloody hell. It was, like, it was good, man. Like, literally, like, half five, six in the morning on Channel 4. Um, God, I must have been, like, eight or nine or something. Like, really, like, really young. Weird but, enough, yeah, it, it, it's actually, it's been shown, it was shown on the BBC between 1985 and 1986, Channel 4 in 1993, uh, and yeah, it's continued to be shown sort of throughout. Yeah, there you go, so I would have been nine. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Maybe it wasn't half five in the morning, but it was early. Um, it was before the big, I, it, I think it was before the big breakfast. And what time was the big breakfast? Like six? Big breakfast like seven, I think. Yeah. Seven, yeah, okay. So it was it was before then anyway. But um, was Big Breakfast on in '93? Yeah, it will have been. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense then. There were only twenty. There were only twenty six, and I never watched the last one. Yeah. It made such an impact on my mum that she just sang the theme tune. <laughs> oh, God. 
Yeah, that's actually bang on as well. Right. Anyway, um, so yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, um, sorry, I've lost my train of thought now. My mum's on the been on the podcast. That's something. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, no, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The poster used to terrify me. <laughs> it was um them like peeking out of the, of the manhole covers. Yeah. I've got a thing about eyes. Yeah, just yeah, the sewers, mum. That's right. Um, sorry. Um, so, um, yeah, eyes. Like, oh my god, they're looking it up on YouTube now. I bet I'm looking it up. Oh, is that you? I, I, it's no. Hang on. I, I think they're doing it as well. Are you guys looking up Ulysses on? Mark's bloody looking it up as well. Century. Ulysses killed the giant Cyclops when he rescued the children and his son Telemachus. But the ancient gods of Olympus are angry and threaten a terrible revenge. Mortals, you must accept the gods. I sentence you to travel among unknown stars until you find the kingdom of Hades. Your bodies will stay as lifeless as stone. Ulysses, the way back to Earth has been wiped from my memory. You are alive, my son. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. I'm gonna right. Moving on. Um, uh, but yeah, I think all the episodes are on YouTube. <laughs> okay, brilliant. Yeah, Don's looking at uh, looking it up right now. God, I seriously, I just saw an image from it. It was like I'm bloody like eight or nine again. God, that was surreal. Anyway, yeah, turtles. Poster used to terrify me. I've got a thing about eyes. And, like, their, their eyes are creepy. Yeah, are um, creepy, yeah. Yeah, okay, thank you. So, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I, yeah, it's it, it's fun. Elias Coteus as Casey Jones is such <laughs> what-the-hell casting now. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, he's good. He's good. But it's Elias Coteus. Like, what? Um, he's a creepy motherfucker nowadays. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, like, he's, he, yeah. And, and there he is as Casey Jones and he's kind of like all dude and like cracking onto April O'Neil and what? Um, and I mean, I like how weirdly serious it is as well. Like there's a sojourn in a farmhouse that for about 20 minutes where it's really contemplative and weird. Um, and, it, you know, and then Secret of Views is just a cartoon. Yes. Straight up a cartoon. Um, and the animatronics are, are actually, you know, pretty impressive. And I, I it, it's just that they're, they're, they're fun films. They actually remain pretty fun. Um, I, I, I think a lot of it is nostalgia, but um, I, I, I don't know. I'll probably show them to Lottie one day well, and, uh, and see what she thinks. It was um, Steve Barron, I believe. He directed the first one, didn't he? He directed the first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He directed a lot of like music videos and stuff like that. I think he directed the. He did take on me, didn't he? Take on me, yeah, and uh, a couple of boy ones. Mm. A couple of boy ones, actually, the boy ones that went with Labyrinth, I believe he directed. Oh, okay. But underground. Well, yeah, I mean, it's Jim, it's the Jim Henson creature workshop that worked on the first two turtles. So that does make sense. Yes, it does actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, they're they they're, they're, they're a great deal of fun as well, actually. So uh, I, I I had a good time with them. Um, I didn't watch um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Three Turtles in Time, because I remember that being a, a crushing disappointment in the cinema. 
Um, and I don't think I can go back to it. Like that was that. I think that was the end of my uh, my my turtles fandom. To be fair, so uh, yeah, there you go. But yeah, um, there you go. I saw all of those in the cinema. I'm pretty sure. But yeah, there you go. Turtles. And um, contrary to what my mum says, I did like Power Rangers. I <laughs> recorded episodes on a long play cassette and like wrote all the episode names down on a VHS and stuff. God, this is today's been a terrifying insight into my childhood but um, you know, yeah. um but yeah okay so uh, i also watched the uh the oh god is it the hollow or the hollow the hollow hollow i think it is i'm going with the hollow which is the uh corin hardy film from last year which got quite a lot of buzz um but there is, is that another one film set in the island in the in the forest yeah. Yeah. yes right i'm interested to hear what this if this is any good yeah, so um, uh, Ben and Dan uh, reviewed it on Streampunk uh, a couple weeks back, and um, so it, it kind of reminded me that I, I wanted to see this. Um, and I, it's all right. No, it's just all right. Yeah, it's it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, basically, story is uh, this couple uh, move into this house in this forest, and the um, the husband is like a tree surgeon identifying diseased trees to be knocked down. Um, and um, a cameoing Michael Smiley um, uh, basically comes in and says, I don't believe in any of this stuff, but there are people here who believe in superstitions about these creatures who you've trespassed on their property and they're, you know, they're not happy about it and they're probably going to come and take your baby. <laughs> um, and um, so cues. An hour and a half of, um, at times, really, really tense stuff. There is a scene where there's a baby in a car seat and there's a bit of a car accident. And the guy goes to see what, what happens. And he lifts up the car hood. And while he's looking, the hood falls on him mm. and knocks him out. And he wakes up and he's trapped in the boot and he can hear the kid crying. And... It was just, no, nope, nope, not enjoying this at all. And it resolves itself within about a minute or so, but it was just, nope, not not a fan. It's like when I was talking about cooties a couple of weeks back and there was a scene with a, a young child in that that I was not a fan of. It, I'm, I'm just susceptible to this stuff at the moment, what can <laughs> I say? Um, so it, it had an effect there. And there's some later stuff with, uh, like, the, 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 the creatures may replace your baby with a changeling. It's like, is the baby a changeling or not? Which was weird. And I, I don't think if Lottie was, if there were a changeling ever replaced Lottie, I'd be able to tell in a second. Cause that kid is a one of a kind. Um, and, 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 and like there's the, you, you I, I just tell, um, but the, there's some creature effects in it, which are pretty good. Uh, there's some body horror stuff in it in the second half, which is meh. Um, I, I mean, it, it's decently tense in parts, um, uh, and it, it ended in a way I felt comfortable with, but I, I, I don't know. It feels like one that plays at Fright Fest and gets, this is the best film of the festival. And then you watch it outside the context and yeah, it's okay. It feels like that. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, but I mean, it's, 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 it's a recommend, it's a mild recommend, um, but it's, it's a recommend. And if, if you're in a, a position of being a young parent, it's going to be particularly, uh, uh, stressful to you. 
I would say. Um, so yeah, there you go. Um, uh, oh God, I know I've watched a couple more, but one I do want to talk about Point Break. Oh yes, you watched the the Point Break remake. Yeah, because you watched it and talked about it a while back, didn't you? Yeah. Um, and you were okay with it, weren't you? I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I I I was very much kind of going into it, going right. As long as you're not totally shit, I can make peace. And I I, I kind of enjoyed it, to be honest. I must admit, I accept its ridiculousness and its stupidity, but I kind of enjoyed it. So I'm I'm also okay with it. Good. I'm also okay with it. Um, I I I, I think it's fine. Um, so. Yeah, the extreme sports stuff is really, 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 really good. Um, I just some of the stuff is kind of how did they do it? Um, in all honesty, like the, the wingsuit stuff, I, I'm sure there's some CG stuff there somewhere, but just the shots where they're really close to the ground <laughs> and they just skim past it and just keep on going is is great um the luke bracy is no keanu reeves no he's not um and edgar ramirez i think is a little bit too intense um he doesn't seem like a lot of fun to be around (laughs) no you know whereas like keanu reeves you kind of got the dilemma Patrick Swayze, he had some a bit of affability about him, at least. Whereas Edgar Ramirez is just like, we must get back to nature. We must. And we're going to do a lot of cool stuff wearing branded clothing while we do so. And, you, you know, we're going to party, but we're not going to enjoy it. We're not going to enjoy it. No, we're we're, we're going to look sullen throughout all the drinking and the, the, the girls. And, Oh, uh, you know, it's uh, miserable, you know, but life, life is your nature. We've got to give back to nature. And, you know, I really want to jump off that thing. Yeah. It's about giving back to nature. Yeah. You, know, you said that the wingsuit stuff, there's no CGI. In it. That's mental. It's all, it's, it's not all fucking one jump. Uh, I think there was, there was a lot of jumps, like 50 odd jumps. Uh, and it was, it was been done by second unit, um, and I think it, it took like weeks to do, um, but yeah, it's really impressive. Yeah, it, 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 none of that is, is, is CG'd at all. They are they are doing that jump and jumping through there. The place that it's shot, it is a proper proper jump. Fair play, and I mean the the, the surfing is um, awesome as well. I'm sure there's I'm sure there's head replacement stuff going on there, and that's fine. But that, I mean, God, there was a particular shot which may well have been CG, but where he's in the wave and you see it closing in on him and it's like an iris kind of closing. Yeah. And it, it's just like, bloody hell, that's terrifying. Like, that's really, really scary. And the, the waves that they surf are super, super impressive. And, and you know, the, the action, in the, I mean, the worst action scene in, in this film is the most sounded one. It's the, the, the bank robbery one. Yeah. It's just kind of boring, um, but the, the rest of it is really, really exciting. Um, you know, the, the free climbing stuff is, is mental. Yes, it, yeah. I, I just, I, I, what, what the hell? Um, you know, but so that stuff is great. But I, the, the cast, eh? I mean, Teresa Palmer, like, I, 
just after Fury Road, which was a genuinely great feminist action film, mm. you've got Teresa Palmer in this, just playing that role. I, I, I yeah, it, 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 I don't know. It, it's brutal. Um, and, and, and I don't know. Uh, yeah. The the final 15, 20 minutes or so as well, I found oddly... Oh, okay, fine. We're ending it like this, are we? <laughs> I, I, just, spoiler alert for the end of the Point Break remake. It, like, the action's good. You don't care about the story, folks. Trust yeah. me. It's a mild recommend just based on the action scenes, uh, the extreme sports scenes. The end of it is amazing. It's... I, Bodhi disappears... And then, like, 18 months later or whatever, there's a big wave. Yeah. And so, even though Bodhi's disappeared, the FBI have kind of dropped the whole thing anyway. They managed to commission a helicopter to to chop her into this really dangerous situation where (laughs) Bodhi and Johnny Utah just have a conversation, which is basically, I'm not going to let you do this. I've got to do this. All right then. <laughs> Literally, it's that dies in a big wave. Yeah, and it's it's nowhere near as good as the you know because because the end of I think the end of Point Break is is fantastic. It's great. It, it, it's I think I genuinely I genuinely believe this. I genuinely think it, it is one of cinema's great kind of endings because it, it's a guy saying you you there's no way this is it. I know what's happening out there, but you need to fucking let me go. I mean, I mean, I've only ever seen Point Break once, but the moodiness of it, you know, and like the, the storm coming in and the emotion there is really, really well done, you know. And with and, and this, Swayze plays it fantastically as well. Oh God, yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, this it's just they say a few lines to each other on a green screen, and then one of them just goes into a wave and just gets crushed by it. Yeah. But but then it doesn't just end there. It then ends with a random bit with of Luke Bracey snowboarding at the end. Yeah. And it's like, what? So you're keeping the, the memory of Bodhi alive, are you? By, I, I, I'm assuming it's still in the FBI because you seemed pretty cool with the FBI beforehand. You know, they lent you a chopper to do something that was kind of pointless. Like, how much must it cost to commandeer that chopper? And actually say... To that helicopter pilot, right? We know you're going into really dangerous waters, but this guy's just got to. It was it was the bit afterwards where he gets back in. Does he get back in and go? Yeah, I want him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because because you know you, you can't go all that way. Go down and come back in and go. I, I couldn't get him. It's like you were literally you were in there and you had a fucking yeah. gun. There's no way yeah. you couldn't get him. So he must have just gone. Yeah, it's not him. <laughs> oh, he wasn't there. And the chopper guy went, really? Because he doesn't want to down there. <laughs> he should have just started explaining the Okazaki 8 again for five minutes. Yeah. And then the pilot would have just been like, mate, whatever. Why not? Right, we'll, I... we'll just tell him you shot him and dumped his body. And yeah. Just stop talking. You had a fight and he, he, he fell. It's fine. It's, it's fine. It's fine. He whacked his head on a surfboard. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, yeah. We're good. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, so, I don't know, it's... Could we just get out of this storm now? <laughs> yeah, exactly, but, but, it's, it's a perfectly decent action film, and for a Saturday night on which I watched it, yeah, yeah. that'll do. I'm glad you enjoyed it. 
Yeah, man. I mean, it, 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 I don't know. It's just, it was a stupid idea. It, it lost money, I'm pretty sure. And it probably shouldn't have been made, but it's there. And it's not quite as bad as you think it's going to be, but it's still pretty. Uh, yeah. You know, we're fine. It's fine. Yeah. I right, do do it. Oh, okay, fine. Uh, right, all right, cool. Um, I um, watched. Uh, I'll go through the ones that kind of like link into each other first. Uh, actually, no, I'll go through. I'll go through the one I watched last night. I rewatched uh, When No Angels, the uh, Sean Penn and Robert De Niro one, which is on Netflix at the moment. Uh, and it's it, it's strange me look at this because it's a movie starring Robert De Niro and Sean Penn that was made in 1989. Um, it was directed by Neil Jordan and it was written by David Mamet. It's it's insane, you know, the, the talent that was in this movie. Um, I I really quite enjoyed the the, the remake of Werner. Well, it's not even a remake; it's a retelling of this of a similar story of, of theories within the film Werner Angels. Um, have you ever seen this? No, no, because I have. Right, it's set in uh, the it's set in late thirties uh, uh, America, um, where and it's set just on the sort of border between um, the states and Canada. And um, De Niro and Sean Penn play uh, Ned and Jim, who are convicts, essentially. Um, and they they end up accidentally being involved in a prison break with uh, James Russo's character, who is on death row, uh, and end up kind of getting out of prison when they, they don't really mean to. They just kind of get taken along the way. Um, and as they're trying to cross the border, they get mistaken for priests, uh, these two priests so they pretend to be priests in an effort to try and get across the border <laughs> into uh, into Canada um, right. and things keep on kind of not going right um, it, it looks great it's it's a proper comedy where De Niro is literally just kind of grunting a lot of the way through it uh, in it and Sean Penn's kind of mumbling a, a lot of the way through it so it's a little bit weird but it, it kind of works as a film. Um, I think it's one where, at the time, it was um, kind of... It was panned. It was... It's it, it a lot of pelters because it, it, of the people that were in it and the people who made it at that time in 89. It was, you know, De Niro... It was weird that he was doing this movie. But I think it, it's actually aged quite well. Um, it... it for how it looks now, it, it, it kind of fits quite nicely now. So I, I enjoyed watching watching that. Um, I watched Search Party. Um, the, uh, the oh, you were interested in this, wasn't weren't you? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Tom uh, Milovich um, film. Uh, all stars uh, Alison Brie, Kristen Ritter, uh, Jason uh, Manzukas is in there. Adam Pally's in there as well. Uh, Lance Riddick turns up as well. Uh, story is. Um, Tom Middlech um, plays uh, Nardo, uh, and on his uh, stag night, uh, he says to TJ Miller's character, Adam Pelly's character, that, it, it, that, that they think he's doing the right thing, uh, getting married to uh, his fiance. Uh, so TJ Miller takes this upon himself to decide, no, he's not doing the right thing, and crashes the wedding to say, you're not doing the right thing, you don't love this woman, you've told me you don't love her, when he didn't <laughs> tell her that. Nice. So it destroys the wedding, uh, and she goes off to Mexico uh, to uh, to go on their honeymoon on her own. 
Uh, and uh, he decides that he's something uh, that uh, Nardo decides that he's going to go and talk to her uh, there. Uh, and then we get a late night phone call where he rings up CJ Miller to say that he's been carjacked and been uh, tuxedo jacked. So he's in Mexico. He has no car. He has no wallet, and he has no clothes at all. <laughs> so. Nice. Uh, Adam Pally and uh, TJ Miller then decide they're going to go down and game. Uh, and hilarity yeah. ensues, including uh, Kristen Ritter and uh, Jason uh, Manzoukas uh, trying to steal his kidney, one of their kidneys. Um, three or four different cars getting blown up and uh, other bits and bats. Hmm. Um, it's, it's maybe a touch too long. It's 93 minutes. Oh, yeah. Okay, 85. 85, maybe. it's perfect. But that is if I'm nitpicking. Um, some of the jokes don't land, some of them do, but it's, it, it's perfectly solid for what it is. It, it's fun. It's fun. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is, there are a few where you go, ah, oh, you've taken that a little bit too far. Uh, but T, but sorry, uh, Thomas uh, Millich, um uh, Essentially, when he's on the run uh, from somebody jumping at the back of a um, of um, a what they call a truck, essentially um, jumping at the back of a truck, and then when he gets out of the truck, uh, the truck essentially was filled with cocaine, and he's now covered in cocaine. Oh, nice! As fuck, and he's still naked. This is sounding good. Yeah. And JB uh, Smooth's in it, uh, who plays um, Burke. I like JB Smooth. He, he oh. put some great scenes in it because uh, Tommy Lynch is covered in his drugs. <laughs> mm. uh, so he's very good. Uh, so him and Jason Manzoukas, if you like their brand of comedy, you're going to like this, is what I'd say. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say give it a go. And then I'll yeah, I'm up for that. I, I'd, I'd watch it. It's fun. Okay. And I watched three movies that kind of, kind of link, right, but kind of get steadily worse in a weird way. Um, so we'll start with the good one. I, I watched 1997 uh, Kevin Reynolds movie 187, um, which stars uh, Samuel Jackson and uh, Clifton Collins Jr. Oh, God, early yeah. On, uh, in this. Um, hmm. So Samuel Jackson plays a um, a high school teacher, and he teaches um, he teaches history. I think he teaches in there. And um, at the start of the movie, um, he gets he opens up a book. He actually he's, he's a chemistry teacher. Sorry, um, and he, he's he clearly loves his job, etc. And he's he's teaching these kids to do. And he's as he's flicking through a, uh, one of the uh, textbooks, uh, there's a number one eight seven. He's written all the way through it, which is the area code for murder. Um, he goes the, to the, the area code for murder. Um, God, you wouldn't want to live in that area. There's the police you? code for murder. Uh, so he goes to the, the principal of this school and they say, oh, it's an empty threat and everything like that. Uh, and then, of course, the next scene, uh, the guy whose book it was um, stabs him repeatedly uh, in the back and nearly kills him. So we fast forward 18 months and uh, he is now a sub-teacher and he's brought into this, this class uh, of... They're obviously they're the worst of the fucking worst uh, kids. Um, one of them is Clifton Collins Jr. and they're in a, a gang uh, called uh, KOS, 
which is called Capping Suckers or something like that, I think it's called. <laughs> um, uh, and, yeah, he he takes uh, umbrage to them uh, and decides to start getting back at them um, by essentially killing and maiming them. <laughs> nice. Uh, but it, 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 it holds up, to be honest. For a movie that's near 20 years old, it, it doesn't feel its age. I think because it because it's it was made just before kind of mobile phones, etc. became a thing, you, you've kind of not got that uh, in it. So you've not got ridiculously... They're not all walking around with ridiculously old mobile phones like they were in something like uh, Clueless, for instance. Uh, which, although it's still a good movie, Clueless, it, it, it does feel its age a little bit. This kind of feels more like a timepiece and it kind of it suits it and it fits well Samuel Jackson's very good Clinton's Collins Jr I think the fact that it's them two um, butting heads and it's not just some actor generic um, Puerto Rican actor number two for late 90s that then never was seen anything again you know it, it's somebody who's become you know one of you know the most recognisable character actors of his time um it works really well for that. So yeah, uh, 187 is a, a very much a recommend to kind of go back and rewatch because it, it still it still packs a bit of a punch and um, is it still fits quite well. It's it's still a very good it's, it is a very good movie um, to be honest. Um, and weirdly enough, the cinematographer on it, uh, also the I think it's the cinematographer, is it? Yeah, the cinematographer on it uh, is Ericsson Carr, who directed Point Break. Oh, there you go. Hmm. Which is weird, and I only just noticed that. So, um, keeping with that theme in mind, uh, I also watched 1995's Dangerous Minds. Nice. The uh, Michelle Pfeiffer uh, movie. Um, where Michelle Pfeiffer plays a discharged uh, US Marine who is trying to teach kids poetry. Hmm. Dangerous Mind uh, made a lot of money. Um, it did. It made a lot of money, and and it it it, 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 it paid for Coolio's kids to go through college. I'm guessing, um, I, I, and it, it's a terrible movie. It really is a bad movie. I thought <laughs> I thought this movie had more weight than it does. It is flimsy. It really is. It is. It is. It. It is possibly as flimsy as believing that Michelle Pfeiffer could ever have been a Marine. <laughs> um, and that's not saying that women can't be Marines, but Michelle Pfeiffer <laughs> cannot be a Marine. It's like Meg Ryan being a fighter pilot in uh, is, Courage Under Fire, isn't it? Really? Yeah, it, it is that. And it is quite literally, she decides that she's going to get on board with these kids by putting on a leather jacket and teaching them karate. Mm. Um, so yeah, uh, Dangerous Minds is not a good movie. <laughs> it's a mm. terrible, terrible movie, and uh, at loads of points you kind of go, "You probably shouldn't be doing this," and they're telling her she shouldn't be doing it, and she probably shouldn't. Um, so yeah, uh, don't go back and rewatch Dangerous Minds because it's not very good. Um, okay. So I went from ninety sevens, one eight seven to ninety fives Dangerous <clears throat> Minds. So the the only the only logical place to go from there would be to go two years back from 1995. Two years back to a, a time. A time where Sheldon Latish, director of Double Impact, uh, directed Mark Dacascus in the uh, the Capoeira movie Only the Strong. 
Fucking hell, man. You go down some rabbit holes. Bro. I go down some rabbit holes. I, I This isn't the first time I've seen uh, Only the Strong. Uh, have you ever seen Only the Strong? No, of course I haven't. You haven't, no. Because only insane people have seen Only the Strong. And only, I would say clinically insane people, have seen Only the Strong more than once. And I've seen it a number of times. So, Only the Strong, uh, yes, is directed by the same guy who directed, I'm going to go through them because there's some good ones in this. He wrote Bloodsport, he wrote Rambo 3, he directed Absent Without Leave, Double Impact, uh, Legionnaire, The Order, Hard Cops, and he's directing the sequel to Double Impact, Double Impact 2. Mark Dacascos plays a Green Beret, uh, who, when he's serving in Brazil, learns Capoeira, a... uh, Brazilian kind of form of fight dancing, which is an actual thing, right? He then goes back to Miami and happens to go and see uh, his old teacher um, at his old school, uh, which I think is called Lincoln High, uh, played by Jeffrey Lewis, of course. Um, uh, And as he's chatting to him, finds that, that Jeffrey Lewis has completely just doesn't give a shit about these kids anymore. And, you know, that turns out that Matt Dacascos was the last good one to come out of this uh, school. Uh, and as he's leaving the school, uh, one of the kids in the school is being essentially forced in the middle of the school uh, to deal drugs by his, by his big brother. <laughs> Quite literally. Nice. Been told, pick up those, and it's just there's a lot of drugs on the floor. <laughs> pick up those, and you better be selling them around this school. Uh, so Matt Dacascos, um beats them up uh, using capoeira. So Jeffrey Lewis comes up with an idea that uh, that he's going to that, that uh, character is going to take the twelve worst kids from this uh, school, and instead of teaching them gym, he's going to teach them capoeira. Right? That's a good idea. So he goes off and he goes into an old firehouse. Not kidding. But they do up and he starts teaching these 12 kids capoeira. And what what, what will you have it? They start to learn respect. And one of them, (laughs) right? Mm. One of them is the worst of the worst, uh, whose cousin happens to be like the crime lord for Miami. Um, He starts to learn. But do you know what? He says that he's going to leave school. He's going to go and he's going to go. So Mark DeCascos goes to him. You know, goes to his hood to talk to him and then gets confronted by all these goons that he knocks out and beats up using capoeira. And then the cousin turns up, the big bad boss guy turns up. And what would you have it? He grew up in the barrios in Brazil and is an expert in capoeira. And I am not joking. That happens. And it turns out the Of course it does. Capoeira. <laughs> so... Matt Gascus gets his ass handed to him here, but then later on in the movie, there's a big showdown where he, he he beats the living shit out of this guy using capoeira. And you know what? I thoroughly enjoyed my rewatchable in the strong. It's a terrible movie, but I enjoyed it, and I don't care. <laughs> Deary me. Yep. Yes, there is some. That's kind of all. That's kind of all I have to say, to be honest. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, we don't have any questions because I asked the question too, too late, I believe, uh, for questions. So we don't have any questions. But, Ian, what are we covering next week? Fucking hell, bud. 
Right, yeah. Um, the Conjuring 2, I'd imagine. Oh, yes. Look forward to this. Um, it's interesting. The reviews I've read have basically been that it's like a blockbuster version of The Conjuring. Yeah. Which I'm fascinated by. I'm, I'm okay, cool. Let's give that a go. Yeah. I mean, like, because you were saying earlier on about um, like people running uh, uh, the the industry running scared of of the euros and whatnot. And I mean, like next week, uh, the week after, we got Independence Day resurgence. You know, so it's like yeah, that does it does kind of feel like there is some big stuff actually coming out. I mean, like this week was a bit of a dry spell, admittedly, but um, you know, I've got to wonder whether Fox are just thinking, well, in two weeks, England are probably fucked anyway, so we may as well release Independence well, Day. It, it, in two weeks, it goes down to, you know, it, it from being three games a day to being, you know, a game every couple of days. Uh, so I think there's, I, there's, there's that to take into account. As well. The football does kind of slow down, whereas, you know, this with the start of the Euros here, you, you know, you had a game on Friday, three games every day up till today, and then it goes back to three games a day from tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, and I quite, and, um, God, Thursday's going to be interesting. I mean, this show's probably not going to be up until after, but, um, yeah, I, I can see England fucking it up. I really can. Well, so far, the weird thing is, and is, um, my first result that I didn't get exactly right on scores, and I'm usually terrible with scores, um, was I had screened a beat Republic of Ireland. Everyone up to that, I'd got the right score, which I was, wow. which I was looking at going, why didn't I put a single bet on? <laughs> did you, um, did you go for Sweden to win? I take it. I went for Sweden to win one. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, I've, I've watched pretty much every game so far. <laughs> and, and I mean, like, do you, do you think it's been, um, a good tournament so far? So far, um, I think it's been marred by uh, the behaviour of uh, the Russian and the English fans. I, you know, I know that there's a lot of there's a lot of people kind of peddle the idea uh, that is that the England fans were set upon. Uh, I've people, I know people who were there, um, and um, I've spoken to a few of them, uh, sort of text them to make sure they're all right because I knew they were out there. Um, and they've all said that, that they're literally that, that that it's not done out. That's not something that should be fabricated. There were quite literally Russians walking around during the day with MMA gloves on, uh, and were just walking past like restaurants with just people just sat down, not even people in football shirts, and just go to tables and just starting to hit people. Um, so it, they said it was terrifying. Uh, a friend who a man who who I will I will absolutely implicitly trust on these things said. In the stadium, England fans were literally just rushed and set upon, uh, and the majority of, of, of Saturday night was started off with Russian brand uh, provocation. He said, but he said Thursday and Friday night, he said there was a lot of England fans just generally being dickheads. They weren't fighting or anything like that, but they were they were they were just generally being unpleasant. So. That's 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 marred it a little bit. Has been that. Um, I think it's it's a strange place to have it at a strange time. It's France isn't the wrong place to have it at a tournament like that. France in the political climate it's in at the moment is the wrong time to have it there. Um, certainly, 
the French police haven't helped themselves uh, with it. Uh, the segregation has been terrible. UEFA have got a lot to answer for, for that. Um, segregation is always a problem with them. Uh, they, they don't segregate fans I- enough. Uh, it is insanity the fact that Wales and uh, England are playing at two o'clock in the afternoon in uh, Lons uh, on Thursday when there are very very few hotels, bars and restaurants in Lons. So they're actually asking them, actually asking them to stay in Lille instead, where the day before yeah have uh, Russia playing. Um, it, it, it's it's been a terribly kind of put together and organised thing. However, going to the football, it's been interesting because if you finish in the top two places, you automatically go through, but then the top four third places go through. So there's a theory that states that if you have a decent goal difference and three points, you can actually, you're pretty much, you've got a good chance of going through to the next round. So it's mean that teams are kind of are going for it a little bit. Usually, uh, first-round games are really cagey, and they've not been that cagey so far. There's not been free-flowing football, but they've been better than, than some openings at tournaments, especially Euros have been. Um, Italy looked fantastic. France looked good. Germany looked dominant. Spain looked blunt. Um, England looked like England, really. Mm. Uh, Hodgson froze, to be honest. Um in it, um, the commentary uh, and the punditry has been woeful for the majority of it. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's it's been a good start to the tournament, though. Um, I, I hope it'll pick up in the next round of games. Nobody's grabbed it by the scruff of the neck and gone, this is my tournament. But then again, in 20 minutes, Ronaldo might try and do that. And a uh, mate of mine um, is following all the Welsh games and he is having the best time. I've got a friend, yeah, a friend of mine is, is over there. Um, he's following Wales and, and he said that it, it's been, he's had the opposite of the England fans that I've got, friends that I've got over there. Uh, and he said it's been fantastic. He said, this, the, the, you know, the camaraderie that's been out there has been brilliant. Um, he said, you know, we had a great time um, in the Slovakia game. He was sat next to two Slovakians. Um, on one side of him, uh, and I said, "Backing on the other side," because his ticket wasn't with the group, other group that he was with. And he said, "They're having a great laugh." He said, "It was fantastic." Um, and I've got a friend who's there uh, following Italy as well. Um, he was English, but he's, his parents were Italian, so he's out there following Italy. And he said last night was was brilliant. The atmosphere was 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 fantastic. Um, so yeah, it, it's you know the, the football's been been decent. I'm hoping it it, it picks up a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I, I think Wales are going to beat England. I've, I just I think it'll be hilarious. I think the momentum's there. I think the momentum's there with Wales. They're, the thing about it is, the, 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 the core difference is, as if you took, uh, and we're massively tangent in here, so if, if you're no longer, if you're not interested in football, you could probably switch off. Just, yeah, yeah, thanks for listening. And thank you very week. much for listening yeah, yeah, yeah. this week. If you are interested in football, I'm going to grab it on for another sort of five minutes and then I'm going to let Ian get back to enjoying his holiday. Um, <laughs> the thing is that you've got is, if you took individually um, the, the, the squads, really, and took the 23 versus the 23 uh, for England versus Wales, Overall, England have a better 23. They just they, they do. There's no getting away from it. Wales have the best player out of the um, 46 players, without mm-hmm. question. And they have a few other players that would that would that would get quite easily into the England squad and possibly even into the England team. Um, but overall, you know, if you're taking it on individuals, it, it's a slightly better squad. But as a team, 
whales are there and they're going, we're here, we're here to enjoy it. And we're going to enjoy it by doing the best that we can do. And if Wales got to, and this isn't me belittling Wales at all, if Wales got to the second round, they'd be really happy with that. And then if they got to the quarters, they'd be really happy with that. And if they got to the semis, it'd be amazing. And if they got to the final, I'm not saying it's going to happen. If they got to the final, it would be, oh my God. And people going, oh yeah, Wales will get to the final, anything like that. Denmark and Greece have won this tournament in my lifetime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Denmark, sure. who didn't qualify. Denmark got into the Euros because Yugoslavia were disqualified. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's how they got into the quad tournament. Denmark didn't even qualify for it. Right? And Greece won. And Greece were awful. Do not think for a second it is beyond the realms of possibility that a, a team like Wales, that are well-organised, are playing for each other and have a spark like Gareth Bale, who isn't trying to be like Ronaldo will be for Portugal, isn't trying to be the big man. He's trying to be Wales' talisman, not Wales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, the yeah. difference. Whereas with England... They're already looking at it going, shit, if we don't get to the quarterfinals, this is a disaster for us. So they're already tense. And that's what that performance was. It was tense. And it was badly organised. England conceded. England, that goal was, you could see that goal coming a mile off. As soon as, as soon as Hodgson froze and couldn't see that Kane, who is a great footballer, I'm a big fan of Harry Kane, was, was just not having a great game. Was having an off mm. night. He should have been brought off and Vardy or Sturridge should have been put on to give an out ball. To just give an out ball to them a go, knock it and go. And also, it, when he brought Rooney off and brought Wilshire on, he disjointed the midfield. It, it, it went weird. And, you know, Wilshire, I, 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 Wilshire is, is a myth of a player. He's a player who gets better when he doesn't play football. And then once he plays football, people go... Oh yeah, he's he's a little bit like that. It, it, he runs around too much, and then he's made ridiculous comments today where it's just like, seriously, shut up and go away. But the ball comes out from the corner from Russia. The ball comes out, and then as it's about to come back in, as the Russian player gets the ball before he plays the crossing, if you freeze frame it there, every single England player is looking at the ball. Every single, because I did it, I freeze-framed it, because that's the kind of sad bastard I am. Every single England player is looking at the ball, and that is why a Russian centre-back can go, I'm just going to run there. And then when the ball comes in, nobody turns. They just carry on looking at the ball and rush across. And Smalling, at that point, if he looks over his shoulder before that ball is played... He sees the defender going and he can either go himself with him and track with him or he can point at Danny Rose and go, make sure you've got him. Sorted. Problem sorted. Goal isn't scored. But he doesn't. He looks at the ball and he goes, we need to go and get that ball. And they all try and go and get the ball. And for anybody who knows anything about football, that quite literally is a definition of schoolboy defending. Yeah, I'm sure. That is how you explain it. And that is why... England won't progress because they cannot get a fundamental basic like a defender not looking at the ball, looking at his man instead. Because do you know what? 
not everything revolves around what's happening with that ball. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. it's, it's yeah, yeah. Thursday, uh, Thursday. It's going to be a really intense, fiery game. Uh, and it, it, it also can be who can hold their head better. And at the moment, I think Wales can. I think they can hold their head. Yeah. Because I look at that midfield um, and I look at it and say, Joe Allen and Aaron Ramsey can hold their heads better than of the possibility of Delhi Ali and Wayne Rooney. I, 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 the thing is, I'm struggling to um, to find fault with that. You know, it. it I, I don't know. I just, it's the same old thing over and over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Because I, I don't think Hodgson got his starting lineup wrong. To be honest, I think the, I think maybe he should have played. There's an argument to say that he should have played Rooney where he played. Deli Ali, because had a, a poor game, but Deli Ali has proved that he, he can play there, so he's, he's, he's earned his chance to play there. He just had a poor game. Sterling had a very yeah. poor game and probably shouldn't have been playing, but then again, it, it's who else do you play there? It doesn't quite... There's nobody else you could have maybe played there other than if you put uh, Milner in there, but the idea was, was to have pace to get at, at the wingers, at the full-backs. So I could see why, why he played it. I think you'll play a different team against Wales. Yeah, I, I, well, no, quite. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, like, it, it, all it's been is changing formations and changing uh, changing up the, the personnel every single bloody time and just not allowing anything to settle. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's because he's got um, he's got an abundance of upfront talent, um, but I, the, 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 there's just not, nothing at the back, you know. And it, uh, no, it's 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 clear that that. Um, Gary Cale and Chris Smalling are the worst centre-back pairing I think we've gone into a tournament with in, in a long, long time. Um, these are these are mid-table. Um, you know, Gary Cale plays for, for Chelsea, but, but but Chelsea finished mid-table. There's no getting away from it. Chelsea finished mid-table. And mm. he, he isn't a starter for Chelsea. So he's not a starting player for a team that finished mid-table. And people say, yeah, but he's got trophies. But... He's not a starting player, and he's not as good as he was two years ago. And Chris Smalling has a lot of plus points. He, he's, a, he's Chris Smalling is a lot better player now than he was eighteen months ago. But what will be proved with Mourinho? Mourinho will look at him and say, "I don't win a title, and I don't get in the top four with Chris Smalling as a starting centre back because he isn't. Yeah, he's a he's a, he's a good centre back. He's not a great centre back because he can't read the game." His physicality is good, uh, his distribution's okay, his timing's good, uh, his, his reactions are great, but he can't read again at all. You know, if you're a defender and the best thing you can do is cover him, that's not good enough because you shouldn't be getting at the mistakes places where you need to cover, which was proven by Italy last night. You know, their defenders were fantastic because they never got into a position where you need to cover. Because they're great defenders and they're led by Buffon, who Buffon doesn't make many saves because he organises defence so well that they don't fucking need, he don't need to. <laughs> and he's done that for 25 years nearly. And he still looks incredibly handsome. Yes, he does. Yeah. So that, that'll be the end of my football talk. I will do it in five minutes at the end of next week's. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, probably. No, it was good, though. Um, so, anyone who's still listening, thank you very much. Yes, good night. Much. Good night. Uh, we just- <laughs> thank you very much. Bye. Cheers. Bye-bye.